What's up guys, I'm going live right here to walk you through today the Fitness Business Manifesto for 2021. And this is really uh, an overview of the key strategies and focuses we're gonna have as a business and we where we believe the industry is really going. So whether you're just starting out this year, whether you're uh, a freelance personal trainer, or a coach, or whether you're making the shift into getting your own unit or facility, or if you're like us and expanding into multiple locations this year, 2021, this is going to be for you. So obviously, a lot has changed this year with the whole pandemic, the COVID situation. It's really changed a lot of things. And so I wanted to share with you how we have really looked at our strategy overall and what we're going to be focusing on this year. There are going to be new threats and pitfalls that you definitely want to avoid. And there's also going to be a lot of opportunities and great advantages that you can take to really skyrocket things. I'm just going to sum this up very simply. If anyone wants the, 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 the too long didn't read version of this, it's going to be this. In 2021 and beyond, for the next 10 years, I believe that you cannot stay in the middle. You have to be at the fringes. What that means is there is going to be a huge divide. You're either going to you know, become really successful and see quantum leaps this year, or you're going to be stuck, more burned out, more struggling uh, than ever before. You're either going to become you know, one of the leading brand authorities in your area, or you're going to be absolutely nobody, invisible, and it's going to be very hard to recover. And that sounds a bit negative, it sounds a bit pessimistic, but really it's not. I'm going to show you the strategies and things to be looking at to make sure you get into the former and make sure that you are establishing yourself as a brand. There is opportunity for everyone, but you have to learn to do things the right way. You have to look at the key components. You can't just try and wing it anymore. You can't really not have a plan. You definitely can't be a PT who's just relying on Facebook ads to get you somewhere. And the, uh, and the, um, the maturity of Facebook ads, meaning that the platform is getting more and more expensive to advertise on, and it, and it has been year after year, that's now coming to a head. I've been predicting this for many years for the, those guys who've been listening there's going to come a breaking point with Facebook ads where it has been the predominant way FitPros have relied on for the last seven to eight years, myself included. I've relied on them a lot. And the time has come now where in 2021, we must diversify because the same Facebook ad advantage is no longer an advantage, as we'll talk about in just a bit. But that's really it. it you're going to be forced into some changes. And nobody likes change, but these changes are going to be for the better. And I'm going to show you how. So if you're watching this on video, this is being recorded on video and it's being recorded via audio for the podcast. So if you're listening in on the podcast and you can't see a video or, or the slides, check out the link below the podcast and there'll be a link to the YouTube version of this. If you're watching the video right now, you're going to see on the screen I have the manifesto is divided into three core areas. 
that we're focused on in 2021. Right now, we have five locations uh, at the Transform Hub. We've got four locations active right now and one opening on January the 18th. And we're, we're projecting to open at least five more locations in 2021. 10 would be the nice goal, but we'll make do with five additional locations if that's, if that's uh, what happens. And this is what we're focusing on while we're really moving things to scale right now. We anticipate it's going to be an amazing year. It's going to be a growth-filled year after uh, 2020 was a year more of, of, of holding back, of harvesting, of planting new seeds and really um, reserving cash flows. We're going to be laying money out and really expanding into 2021. And we've begun that process already. So there are three core areas we're going to look at. One is branding two is sales, and three is growth. And how we do these three areas are the things that are mostly going to adapt and evolve. So let's go into branding first of all. So if you're one of our FitPro clients on our Fitness Business Blueprint mentorship, a lot of this is gonna make more sense because you've been doing this work already. And if you're not one of our uh, mastermind or mentorship clients, I'll, I'll try and describe as best I can without taking up too much time. So when it comes to branding, one of the key components of your branding strategy, and let's talk about what branding is for a minute. Your brand is the, the voice, the reputation, and the story of your company as it pertains to your local area. Now, you can offer a service, you can offer a product, but ultimately, where the future of marketing is going is to building brand. You know, with, with consumers having more options than ever, they wanna know they're buying into a good brand that they can trust. Plus, branding is extremely important for you because having a brand around your company doesn't limit you. When you limit yourself to say, I am a personal trainer, or my gym delivers group coaching sessions, or I, I teach yoga classes, or I sell a supplement, that's extremely limiting. If you base your business around one product or a service, that's all you can ever be known for. But if you build a brand, a brand identity, a brand message, a brand can hold several different products and services underneath it. For example, I'll use an example of um, Hardwired, which is myself and James Calderbank's new supplement brand. Right, and now the first product we're releasing is a pre-workout supplement. And in the first year or two, the main focus of the company is to sell fitness supplements, protein powders, you know, etc. However, we're not limiting ourselves to saying we're a supplement company. We are a brand, and the message of Hardwired, the branding behind Hardwired, if you've seen it, is that we are a brand created to help the super ambitious, passionate people, people who are passionate about success and refuse to be average. We wanna give them inspiration. It's a brand that creates inspiration for you to go 110% after your goals and a company that wants to fuel and optimize your performance. Now think of that as a brand message. That gives us so many more avenues to go down. And so, you know, we are actually starting a hardwired podcast which is gonna interview super successful people and find out what makes them hardwired for success. 
That might have nothing to do with supplements, but it allows us to sell over time pretty much anything we want to that's related to success, entrepreneurship, or achievement, or personal development even. So you could call it more of a personal development brand that happens to start selling supplements first. But ultimately, we want to grow this into a thing. Hardwired could be, it could be a summit event every year that brings together you know, a, a motivational conference, for example. So think of your own business in that way, because that's where things are going right now. Don't think of yourself as just local PT or local boot camp or gym. Think of what you do and really think about extending that as a brand at the Transform Hub or at the Men's Hub, our other brand. You know, Men's Hub doesn't mean Men's Gym. Our Men's Hub can extend into products, services, inside the gym and outside the gym over time. We're not saying we will do all that stuff, but the branding leaves us open to do that. It allows us to make a lot more content. It allows us to have a more powerful message. It allows us um, to collaborate with a lot more people. It allows us to work with more influencers. So you want to get clear on what your brand is. And clients in the FBB mentoring program, we put together a vision manifesto. So you guys have done this in the past what we're going to do in 2021 is really bring our vision manifesto to the forefront. This is a booklet or a document that outlines exactly what our vision and, and mission is as a company. What is the big problem up and down the UK or in the world that we're trying to solve? And it, and it gives how our solution, what our solution is made of. Now, our solution isn't come join our boot camp. The solution, as an example for us, to, to solving the big problem of low self-esteem, health issues, overweight people, the way we solve that is through giving good education and content, through coaching and working with a professional, and through community and uh, team accountability. None of those, all of those things could mean working out in a, in a large group boot camp but none of them have to mean that, right? We can make content for mainstream media. We can bring community events together that have nothing to do with fitness. Again, we could for the Men's Hub brand, we could in the future theoretically hold a conference that brings together 10 leading uh, men's health and confidence specialists to give a presentation. It doesn't have to be around fitness and, and burpees and squats. And this is what we're doing. We're opening up our brand because we are so much more than it. We believe we're so much more than just a gym. We do so much more than just provide workouts. We give people personal development advice, work on their mindset. We look at their health and happiness inside and outside of the gym. We provide a social space where they can make connections. Some people even do, you know, do business together thanks to our connections. Some even start relationships and get married because they've met through the gym. People have got their marriages back on track thanks to coming to the gym. So we believe we do way more than that. And now we're moving into branding that will reflect that in the future. Of course, our main service still generates most of our income and we're not moving away from that. But we are opening our brand to be available for more as we move into that as a company. So that's where the Vision Manifesto comes into it. You want to know what is the bigger impact your business was created to make? It wasn't to give people squats and push-ups in the park. And the fact is, anyone can offer that. Your squats and push-ups are not much different to our squats and push-ups. What makes our business different and, and more fast-growing is our brand, that people know it's about more than just that. 
But if you're not telling people it's any more than that, they're just going to compare you to another personal trainer or compare you to staying at home and doing YouTube videos to work out. Because what's the difference? Right? The brand is the difference. And you'll see that more and more and more as we go into 2021. So your vision manifesto then, take some time, write out this document. If you're inside our mentorship, you get all the templates and you get to see our examples as well. You can make up your vision manifesto easily, but then your vision manifesto, it can't just be a political slogan, which means it can't just be, oh, our mission is to change 1 million lives and, and solve obesity and mental health. Like most fit pros will do that and then just go back to business as normal tomorrow and then go back to selling a, you know, a six-week challenge to lose 20 pounds. That's what I call a political slogan. When you make a vision or you make core values, but you just do it as a routine exercise and you don't actually implement it into your business. You're not actually accountable to doing anything with it. What your vision manifesto should do is bleed into your strategy, which means our business strategy is an extension of that vision manifesto. We look at the big picture problem, we look at the core values, we look at our, our, our beliefs of what we said, coaching, professional coaching, community and content, or we believe are the three things people need to make a change. And then we look at, okay, so what is our business doing actively and measurably every month to uh, impact more people with professional coaching in various forms? What are we doing to get more content out there? And what are we doing to build community inside our gym and outside the gym? What are we doing in those areas? If we believe those are the three things that help people long-term, they should be part, they should be the basis of our business strategy. So we really focus more on that side of things rather than our business strategy being a funnel and some Facebook ads, right? That's what most people do. And that's not, and there's even, even to the point now where people call themselves business coaches who teach you that because they think a funnel and an advert is a business and it's not, it's not even a brand. So that's what we're looking at. This now leads on to our content marketing strategy. The next part of branding is our content marketing 10x strategy. And I really think that this is because we're all severely underappreciating social media, myself included. There's, there's still too much focus on ads from Facebook. But the ad, and, and that's, that's understandable because the ads are so cheap, they're so direct, we get sales coming in, and we do need to have adverts like this as part of our strategy. However, what you've got to realize is a couple of things. Number one, when you, if you're relying solely on growing by Facebook ads or Google ads or any type of ads, ad adverts or lead, lead generation adverts only resonate with 3% of your audience because at any one time, only 3% of your potential market are in what's called the buying phase or the decision phase where they've, they've had the problem for quite a while, they've looked at all the solutions, they've weighed it all up, they've maybe looked at their budget and now they're looking to buy from someone. <clears throat> they're in the buyer's market. That's only 3% of a potential audience, which means 97% of your potential customers are not yet in the phase where they are gonna respond to a Facebook ad because they're just not ready yet. But they could be ready in maybe two weeks from now, four weeks from now, 10 weeks from now, 12 weeks from now. 
what we want to do is stop focusing on only the 3% of growth and expand out to a bigger audience and be able to communicate with and build a relationship with the 97% of people by making different content that appeals to their psychology in where they are in the buyer's journey. So we want to make content that appeals to people who are just thinking about this. Maybe they're just looking for weight loss tips. Maybe they're just looking for some inspiration. And we want to see ourselves as basically as a media company that puts out content every single day across many platforms to help people in that phase, to help them learn about the potential of fitness, to help them learn and see success stories of how they can get in shape without, without throwing offers at them, without getting too detailed in, in steps and techniques and tactics, just giving them feel-good content that helps them make the choice to get started with this. Then we're going to put out content that, that talks about, that helps people make a buying decision, people who are in that information-seeking phase, or maybe they're going to somebody else right now and they're looking for a change. So we'll have specific content going out to the smaller portion of the market who just want to learn about a different way of getting results, maybe learn about why large group training is for them or why semi-private training is for them. And then finally, we keep running our ads to that 3% of the audience who are the ones who um, have been through all that content and now they're ready to make a start. So we see ourselves as a social media company or a media company pumping out content to the whole audience. This is also going to build your brand, by the way. That's, that's why it's included in, under branding. Uh, and one, one key practical step we're going to do this year because of this is we will be hiring or developing from within a content manager and strategist. So in the last five years, one of the, one of the biggest things FitPros wanted to do was hire an ads manager, right? And that's fine, that's great. Now you have an ads manager. In 2021 and beyond, the key focus, I believe the most pivotal person you can hire is gonna be a content manager. And that's somebody who understands all the types of content I just talked about. They understand consumer sophistication, buying psychology, and they understand how to create and repurpose content around multiple platforms. And this will all be done in-house, right? This is not really someone yet we're able to effectively outsource to because there's so few people who are good at this since content marketing is still such a new thing, uh, relatively speaking. So we're going to do this in-house and it will start from the top. So, you know, for the Transform Hub, I'm starting off as the first official content manager. I will actually be heading up all the content. Doesn't mean I'll create all the content, but I will outline the strategy, the metrics we're gonna track, and I'll be ultimately responsible for getting the content calendar dialed in, getting all the content published, getting it repurposed, and also in tracking the metrics of how well the content's working and what do we need to change. And that leads then us to making the content, which I would the tip I would give you is to start learning how to document, not create. If you try and create content, then you get stuck and you end up just giving more tips and, and steps, which gets boring over time. Instead, document the growth of your company. Document what goes inside your company. When you carry your iPhone around and you're recording Instagram shots or stories or Facebook Lives, whatever it might be, just record it all on the fly and document 
stories of yourself and your own growth, the company growth, where the brand is going, record stories about your team members and how they what they do for work, record stories about your clients who are around the gym when you're recording, testimonials, really make it about people's stories and document how the brand is growing and how everyone associated with that brand is also developing personally, professionally, or in any way like that. And then we want to hit these uh, six key content platforms. You might not need to use all of them, but here's a good range would be hitting Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is important because I think corporate corporate consulting is going to get a big boost this year. Uh, and so LinkedIn is a great way to put modified content on LinkedIn so you can appeal to local companies and decision makers and we're going to be posting on LinkedIn specifically with the intent of signing corporate contracts around our city, nothing else. We're not going to be promoting a six-week challenge or anything like that. All our content on LinkedIn is going to be aimed at professionals and decision makers. Um, so that's quite interesting. And FitPros inside our mentorship will be getting a lot of full-depth training on this. Then there's the podcast or audio experience and I mentioned audio experience because it doesn't have to be a podcast. Don't think that, don't think it has to be some special show or you've got to talk for three hours like Joe Rogan or anything like that. Uh, what the, the principle here is, guys, you want to create content in the format of audio because audio is highly consumable. People like to listen to it. It's easy for them to listen to audio on the go or in the gym or in the car. And so you just want to have content that helps people translated into audio or repurposed into audio. So don't think it has to be a podcast, so to speak. It could be that if you make an article, for example, if you make an article, maybe you also record the article in voice, kind of like an audio book, and you give the audio link on the blog post too. So you can tell people, hey, you can read this, it'll be a four minute read, or you can listen to the audio version where we narrate the article basically. That, that's an audio experience too. It doesn't have to be a podcast, so to speak. It's just that you want, if you're not putting content into audio, you're really missing out. So many of you guys are listening to this via audio right now. That's why I'm recording it simultaneously as a video with an on-screen presentation. And I'm recording it just via audio. And I'm guessing this will get more hits on audio than it will visually. But I also linked the YouTube below so if you are listening to it and you want to see the slides, you can tap into the YouTube and you can see the video parts that you want to see. But ultimately, audio is far more convenient for people. And I think we're going to see a big rise in blogging and SEO as well. Back like the old days, uh, blogging and SEO is going to take a big turn. And I think all these strategies are going to grow because people aren't going to use Facebook ads so much, uh, especially with the costs of Facebook continue rising it'll become um, unaffordable for many trainers. So you'll see them go back to grassroots, uh, bootstrapping kind of methods. So that's my next point here under branding is we're focusing on a return to classical local marketing tactics. This is all the stuff I used to do 10 years ago before Facebook ads really became good or before I really started using them. So things like local SEO is gonna make a comeback doing joint venture partnerships with businesses, associations, uh, associations, 
charities or other um, schools or sports teams in your area, that's going to make a comeback. Uh, especially now so many local businesses are going to be rebuilding and getting that com local community spirit now is going to be super important. And I think as a business, we want to be spearheading that. We're going to launch campaigns this year to help rebuild the cities that we're a part of because we treat our businesses like this. It's a lesson I learned from Howard Schultz, the CEO and founder of Starbucks, that he says that every Starbucks, they treat their Starbucks as if it was a resident or a citizen of that location. So because the people coming to you, coming to Starbucks or coming to your gym or boot camp, these people are affected by local issues. And if, if the town is doing good, the town is prosperous, more people come and spend money with you. If the town is less prosperous, you have less people coming to you, no matter how good your marketing is. So it's really up to you as, as a form of social responsibility to be reaching out and helping your community thrive. That's what we mean by community. Our community doesn't mean a Facebook group or it doesn't mean our gym members getting a coffee together. Community for us means the town we're involved in. What can we do? How can we support local politicians? How can we support local funds? How can we um, you know, become voice ambassadors and spread the good word about the cities that we're in and all the work that we're doing to help health and personal development rates? So I think this community bond is going to come back in the next decade. I think COVID has brought us all together for that now, or at least it will next year. Many companies locally are going to be rebuilding. They need all the help they can get. And if you're listening to this, you're in a position where you're fortunate enough to have world-leading marketing knowledge like this that you can use to help other companies. You'll tap into their client networks. You'll raise prosperity for your town. And ultimately, you will benefit from that too. So more charity events and fundraisers, that's going to be critical next year to help everyone get back on their feet. And also local uh, micro-influencers will continue to grow. So as part of Joint Venture Partnerships, we're already on Instagram seeking local uh, micro-influencers on Instagram or even on TikTok that we can get in front of their audience. And this is because so many micro-influencers right now, and by a micro-influencer, I mean not obviously an influencer, not an, not an influencer like The Rock, who's got 250 million followers. I mean, a micro-influencer is, uh, again, an Instagram account, a company, a person in your area who probably has a following of other people in your area who would be potential prospects for you. And um, they, they generally will have, a micro-influencer could have, I don't know, five to 10,000 followers plus. And that would make them enough of an influencer in your area that it's worth working with them. And the thing is that most micro-influencers today, much like big influencers actually, don't know their value yet. They do not know their worth. Because in the whole art of being an influencer is such a new trend, they don't understand the value of the impressions and, and the influence they can get you. So, I mean, right now, we can work with most micro-influencers who have an audience of 10,000 local women. And theoretically, if they asked us, hey, um, if, if we know, for example, they could put a shout-out post for us on their Instagram, and maybe that gets us, I don't know, two sales. 
right? Let's say they put a post out to 10,000 people. We get 100 followers out of it and two people become customers from that. Now, that's worth 300 pounds to us up front. That's two client sales, right? It's worth a lot more to us long term. So if that influencer said to us, hey, I'll do a shout out post for you to my followers, but it's going to cost 100 quid for me to make the post. We'd happily give it to them, right? Wouldn't you? <laughs> right? If you know you're going to get a couple of sales off a shout out, of course you'll pay 100 pounds. But the thing is, 99% of these influencers don't ask for that money because they don't think this way. They don't realize how valuable the audience is yet. So they're undervaluing themselves. And most of them will just do a shout out for you if you share a few of their posts, right? And so, I mean, it gets a bit more complicated than that for a strategy, but that's the principle overall. A lot of micro-influencers right now are just growing in popularity and they don't yet know what to do with that popularity. They don't know how to monetize it. They don't know what it's worth. And so we can really benefit from that. This is very much what it was like with where back with Facebook ads 10 years ago, nobody really knew the value of those either. And uh, Facebook were undercharging because they were just getting people to use the platform. So if you had bought Facebook ads eight years ago, like I did, you'd be getting 20 pence leads. You'd be making closing sales for two pounds each. But as a platform or an influencer becomes aware of that fact that, holy crap, this audience is good. These guys are making a ton of money. They become aware of their value. They become self-aware and they put their fees up and up and up and up. And in the future, guys, I am telling you, look at that girl on, on TikTok. Uh, is it Sherry DeMarco? She's like a 20-year-old. She's just crossed 200 million followers on TikTok. And, you know, she's done that by posting consistently on it over the last year. When everyone said TikTok is a waste of time. Well, she's got 200 million followers and makes a ton of money now through brand deals and sponsorships. So who's laughing now, right? She took the plunge and, and, and it's paying off now. This is going to happen more and more and more and more. So you really want to get behind these influencers and be there early to, you know, leverage and work with them before they really start, you know, knowing the, the, the worth they actually have. Because like Facebook ads got expensive, influencers will become expensive to work with and become more out of reach too especially as bigger companies target them, get exclusive contracts with them, and then you won't be able to even work with them, okay? Local influencers, Instagram, TikTok, it's growing whether you like it or not. You wanna become an influencer, you should be growing your brand following, doing all the stuff we've talked about, but also piggyback off others too. So that's something we're looking at next year for our gyms and, our, and for our supplements also. Okay, the next portion then is gonna be sales. So... We want to look at um, how we make sales is going to be changing a lot. First of all, we're going to diversify our paid lead sources. This is pretty simple. We don't want to rely on Facebook ads anymore. We've done some initial testing with Google ads. We've done some testing with Instagram ads. And whilst none of these are probably going to be as cheap as Facebook right now, you do want to have a, at least one alternative paid source because, again, Facebook ads will get more expensive. If you pay a thousand pounds a month right now on Facebook ads and that gives you 100 leads, then in six months from now, 
when you spend that same £1,000, you might only get 50 leads rather than 100. So what do you do then? You can either halve your growth goals and just grow half as fast for the same investment. Or you can double your investment and pay £2,000 a month to get back to 100 leads, which is going to be probably unfeasible for most of you. Uh, you know, I mean, there's no way around it. Facebook ads are going to go up in price. The, the only alternative then is to supplement that with additional leads coming in organically, which is all the branding stuff I just talked about, content marketing and such, so that we we do all this content marketing to absorb the, the cost increase on Facebook. Okay, so we can continue advertising on Facebook at a higher at a higher cost, and we're still meeting our goals because we have more leads coming in from elsewhere. So we want to supplement that with Facebook, uh, with Google or YouTube ads as well. There's also going to be a focus on more sales coming from outbound marketing. So that includes, uh, like I said, corporate projects, which basically means selling our service in bulk. You know, rather than just looking for one-to-one prospects, we can go out there and start targeting local offices, local small businesses, and saying, hey, do you have 5, 10, 20 employees you'd love to bring on to a, a, our six-week challenge uh, in return for a big corporate discount? So outbound, and, and again, LinkedIn will be a, a big part of that. And like I said, also outbound versus um, reaching out to influencers. I just talked about that too. That's another part of our outbound strategy is getting in front of influencers, audiences, micro celebrities, that kind of thing. Um, and even even potentially, even what I call the Avon system, right? So the Avon system is something I've experimented with in the past, but I think I did it a few years ago and it was just maybe a few years before its time of, again, now this works best in a deep recession where you have many clients or prospects who are maybe out of a job right now or they've they've been hit financially. Maybe they're the sole income earner in the family and they want to use your service. They want to tell people about your service because they love it and it helps them. And they also want to make some extra cash. So think of the the Avon ladies used to have, right? And um, where, you know, a lot of students would do this. Uh, My mother was an Avon lady for a time where you know, she would have the catalog of products and just go around door to door or to groups she knew and promote, promote the product for a commission. So we're looking at opening up kind of like a micro sales role for this, for people that want to do outbound marketing for us. They can be clients, they can be prospects, they can be, they could be a micro influencer if they wanted to be. Someone who just you know, does a bit of part-time work and goes out there and spreads the word for us, right? And, you know, does some calling, visits shops and businesses for us. Uh, maybe knocks on doors like a Jehovah's Witness or, a, or a, you know, a Christian person coming around um, offering to speak the word of God or, or whatever, right? Same kind of thing. This, this outbound marketing has worked for aeons for all types of industries. Uh, and it still works today. And I think now is a great time where more people would take it up. Um, that we they can do that for us and we can give them value in exchange, either some extra cash or discounted or free rate access to our programs. And then something that we've talked about a lot inside my mentorship recently is the other, the other big change in sales is that we're going to see more and more 
the future of selling coaching is going to be down to your ability to manage one-to-one conversations at scale. Things like WhatsApp, Messenger, DMs from Instagram, SMS and phone calls. There, There is so much movement towards this that before long, I don't think we're going to be really doing, you know, like putting people through an application form. I think the demand and expectation from consumers is rising to a point where they expect if they come not even to your website, they don't even they don't want to leave social media. They expect that if they come to your Instagram or your YouTube or your Facebook page, that they demand to be able to start a a, a chat based conversation with someone immediately. So you need to have messenger bots um, or a WhatsApp, a WhatsApp or, or a sales chat pop up on your website or your social media platforms. This is where things are moving to very, very quickly. And more and more people will want to chat with someone before they jump on a phone call or before they visit you in person. And as this trend grows, which is fast growing, um, you're going to see far, I think, fewer and fewer people are going to want to you know, opt in and fill out application forms and wait for your phone call. They're not going to want to do that anymore. They'll demand to talk to someone via chat straight away. Now, our clients and mentorship, I've prepped you. You've got all the training on this. I've shown you how we're using WhatsApp, how we use Messenger, how we generate Instagram DMs every day and how you take that conversation via chat and how you gradually move it into a real phone call. So our fit pros in our mentorship are fully prepared for this and they're implementing this already. And because of that, they're getting five, 10, 15, sometimes 20 additional prospect conversations starting every day. So they're chatting to 20 new prospects a day in addition to their Facebook ads, right? And this is where more sales are coming from now. Some of our clients are even actually selling programs via messenger, like without even talking to anyone now. <laughs> this is happening. And finally then, guys, we have growth. Now, I know a lot of you guys think of sales as growth, but no, growth doesn't mean sales revenue. Sales is sales. Branding is attracting people in. Sales is converting the customer from a prospect into a buyer. Growth means... Um, the, the back-end structures of your company and how you how you scale and reinvest to grow the size of your machine, basically, okay? Um, so if sales is the fuel, then your growth systems are the engine, okay? Sales is not the engine of growth. Sales is the fuel to the engine. So our engine is made up really, we're focusing on these six core aspects. Number one is long-term strategy and vision. Now, I've talked about this a bit earlier with our vision manifesto. What this means is the fitness entrepreneur of 2021 and this decade, you have to learn about long-term business strategy and vision. You cannot be any longer a freelance PT, again, who just learns some Facebook ads. If you do not learn the real principles of business and growth and finance, you will not I really, you're going to have such a hard time making it in the next 10 years because companies like ours, for example, and dozens of our FitPro clients who are learning this stuff, they're armed with the knowledge and long-term vision of building real companies. 
they know how to how to manage finances. They know how to they know how to acquire finance and loans. They know how to get investors into their company. They know how to hire all the best talent around. Um, you know, my my clients know how to do all this stuff in our Fit Pro mentorship, and so they're going to lead the way in the next ten years. If you're just a freelance trainer who's still trying to trade time for money, like I've been teaching for I've been teaching for six or seven years to get out of that trap. You have to move and evolve or you're going to get left behind, okay? You can dawdle along the last few years because it was a really good booming economy. But now since 2020, we've shifted into a down economy. You can't dawdle anymore. You'll either dabble or you'll dominate. That's what I said at the beginning. We're gonna, you're gonna go one of two ways. There'll be a huge divide. Either you dabble in business or you start dominating. It's one of the two. So you have to learn real business principles. And if you would like to join our mentorship uh, and work with me or and, and the rest of our clients, I'll, I'll pop some links below on the podcast and you can check out our um, mastermind program where you get access to our resources and, and group mentoring for only 50 pounds a week investment. Systems and finance is the next one. where We're doubling down on tracking the major KPIs and also... Um, looking at profitability and reinvestment. So again, these things to my clients are nothing new. These are the foundational bedrocks of business, but I'm emphasizing that they're just even more important in the years to come. You have to look at profitability, not just revenue. It's not just how much money you make, it's how much money you keep and what you, how you manage that money. How do you reinvest it back into growth? And I think in this decade, I think if FitPros focus less on using their business as an ATM to make profit and then take it out and spend it on nice cars and flashy things and instead reinvest everything in a down economy, reinvest everything back into your business, live frugally and sensibly, and you will boom, you'll build an empire in the next few years, I'm telling you. Then this team development is a big one. Um, your team or your company's MVA, most valuable asset, after you, of course. And we're going to be focusing on leadership and emotional intelligence, how you can build your skills as a natural leader of people. You can't just outsource work to someone in the Philippines. You want to build a local team, uh, build a culture, and you need to be a leader for that. We're going to explore the concept of intrapreneurship, which is fast growing, which is basically taking entrepreneurial minded people into your company and letting them flourish to grow your brand. But they will do better work most often because they, they have more sense of control and um, are able to grow things more. So for us, for example, we're moving into franchising and we're, we're soon setting up our first couple of franchises for our gyms. Franchising is, is a model of entrepreneurship where we're letting other entrepreneur-driven fit pros um, you know, borrow and use our brand and our systems, right? Of course, they have to stick to certain regulations that they don't, they don't um, make our brand look bad or go against our core values. But if their values and, and beliefs and goals are in alignment with ours, they can carry our brand. They can you know, stock our supplements at wholesale. They can take our franchise model. There's offering careers then to upcoming and existing fitness professionals because more and more are going to be looking for work now. And your team will become your new clients. You have to mentor and develop and 
give results to your team the same way you do to your clients right now. That's going to be one of the models of the future. And there's a few other little ones then again, you know, like client experience and community, offering additional products and e-commerce, uh, and also growth via acquisition and mergers. And so growth via acquisition and mergers, I've put out training on that before. I've got a whole podcast on that, actually. I think I've got two podcast episodes on that. But this is essentially what's going to be happening. The economic fallout right now, the recession, is leading to fit pros not wanting to be entrepreneurs any longer. I mean, some of them, right? Or many fit pros at least not wanting to do this alone. That's why the entrepreneurship model is, is fast growing. Um, and as the ego drops, more fit pros become open to collaboration and working together. So, you know, that means more fit pros will come and work for you. Some might want to take franchises. Entrepreneurship is going to grow. And more um, gym units, studios, and equipment is already being paid for. And now it's available at a lower cost as people are giving up their gyms. So you can save time and save money by taking over and acquiring an existing studio or location rather than building your own from scratch if possible. Right, And so you'll get existing assets with that that come with the brand. So you can just walk into existing revenue streams when you acquire companies or or at least create a merger partnership with those entrepreneurs. So that's a few of the things. This is the big manifesto. We're going to turn this into a written document for you guys as well that goes over some of the main points. But let me know what you think about this. Let me know where your focus is going to be this year. And let me know what questions you have on expanding any of this. And I will see you guys very soon.